Hey, what's going on, Protein Shake? It's your boy Jerry, the Fitness General Washington. That's right, I said Fitness General. We use that moniker on those days that we're going to record the General Fitness Company cast. And General Fitness Company cast means that we have an interview. That's right, we got my boy Dave Reeman. Yeah, he's from Total Performance Body Works, and this guy has movement on his mind. My man, his... uh, martial arts background in both Russian and mixed martial arts. He is a former police officer. Uh, he's also done quite a few things that you would be impressed with, including uh, training professional athletes, uh, including Jarrell Casey. He's uh, the defensive end for the Titans. I'm not really big into football anymore. As you know, the Patriots won five Super Bowls, so I don't really pay attention to football as much anymore. But anyways, so he's worked with quite a few athletes, including professional athletes that are pro bowlers like Jarrell Casey, as well as some other um, not so well-known people like uh, old, like the older population as well as some youth uh, and some regular everyday lay people like uh, <laughs> maybe like yourself that maybe don't have any aspirations of winning any world championships but maybe just want to learn how to move a little bit better. But before we get this episode underway, you know it would really mean the world to me if you would share this episode. You can take a screenshot, put it up on your social media, you can take, a, uh, uh, take the link that you find on here and uh, share it with a friend or you can go the old school way, tap on the shoulder and say, hey, Hey, check out that General Fitness Company cast. That guy, Jerry, is definitely spitting some knowledge, and he's bringing value in every episode. Now, I understand if you don't get around to sharing it, sometimes you don't have the time. But hey, you know, if you don't share it, you can also, right at the end of this episode, you can scroll all the way down. You'll see five stars. You can leave a rating or review. You can click on those stars, click on one star, click on five star, anywhere in between. All that feedback is good feedback because it helps us get fined by that wacky iTunes algorithm. So anyways, I'd really appreciate that if you would share it or leave a rating or review, or if you do all three. Hey, guess what? You're going to be my best friend for life. (laughs) Anyways, let's go and get the show on the road. Episode number 19 of the General Fitness Company cast, aka uh, TR Expert Talks. We'll call it General Fitness Company cast today, and we'll call this episode, How Do You Want to Move? Lego! All right, so here we go, buddy. This is, <laughs> this is what we got, bro, Ham. This is episode number 127 of the TR Expert Talks, a.k.a. General Fitness Company Cast. Uh, I like to call General Fitness Company Cast our interviews. Today, I have my guy, Dave Riemann. He is here from Total Performance Body Works. Is that correct, Dave? Yes, indeed. All right, we got it down this time. So, yeah, we got Dave here, and... um. He was actually on one of my very first podcast episodes, and uh, we talked a little bit about pain, and we talked a little bit about uh, what he does as a body work specialist, and uh, he's got a he's got a, a background in quite a few things. So uh, we didn't talk too much about those things in the first interview. So I want to talk a little bit today about Dave's background in body work and um, what he does with uh, the Russian martial arts, and uh, he's got a, quite a few other healing techniques that he uh, that he uses that he's uh, acquired. In his many years of uh, helping people. So, um, Dave, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do now, as uh, and we'll kind of work our way backwards as in, in, uh, in your total performance body work company. Okay, yeah, basically, um, yeah, I work with a lot of athletes, um, all levels, all ages. Um, started working on animals, horses, and dogs primarily. Um, so, I've just kind of collected a variety of body work techniques over the years. And uh, just trying to come up with the most effective things to affect each part of the body and also to integrate the body. And I also combine personal training, a lot of kettlebells and movement, 
and uh, body work and Russian martial arts techniques and kind of fuse it all together into uh, kind of a healing movement strengthening system. Um, I approach each each issue with multifaceted um, ways of affecting it rather than just, I just massage you or I just train you or I just uh, teach you to move. So each, each um, way that I meet people, whether it is if they have an injury or they can't move or they're they're seeking to get stronger. It just kind of gets them into the whole kind of world that I develop and try to uh, help them to to live their life to their fullest potential. Awesome, awesome. So, so you say you help people. They're helping them, uh, helping people move or whatnot. So, um, I know that you also work with athletes. So, how would your technique work uh, differ from, say, your everyday lay person to an an athlete, or does it differ? Well. Basically, it, it's kind of, I would say everything I do is the same. Like if I was teaching you martial arts, I'm trying to teach you a way to move that is probably different than what you're used to doing. So if you're teaching somebody with dysfunctional movement, um, whether an athlete or not, like there's a, a, an older woman that's uh, 78 that I'm teaching how to walk again after she had a stroke. So if I'm trying to teach you who are a very fit guy how to do a different movement technique, maybe you have tightness in your hips or I'm having you move in a way that you may not be used to moving. You may have moved that way as a child, but you may have gotten out of that pattern of movement. So I'm basically teaching you the same thing. It's something that you're not familiar with today that your body probably remembers. And I do the same thing with everybody, whether it's a professional athlete, uh, you know, eight-year-old kid, 35-year-old guy, um, or any, anybody, basically. So it's kind of, it's, it's the same approach. It's just different angles. Okay. So you said, uh, when, so you were telling us a little bit about what you do. So uh, it said that, you said that um, people tend to forget the movement. So you say that we're born, uh, so you're saying that you, you believe that we're born with an innate set of movements and that we forget those movements. How do we forget those movements? Well, if you think about it, I mean, my opinion, children and, ath- and animals are the best athletes uh, ever because they move the way that they're designed to move and then when you know when you're a kid you can climb trees you fall down you bounce you don't really get injured you can run fast and a baby can lift three times its body weight uh, its head is one third of its body weight so as we once we start going to school you know and our parents tell us sit still you know don't walk kids tend to walk however they want to walk as we get older we kind of get boxed into this rigid movement cycle. I mean, I drove a tractor trailer for 15 years, so I basically sat in a truck 14 hours a day. So my my body became used to that. And then, you know, my hips were tight, my hamstrings shortened, my quads were tight. My whole body was tight, basically. And you're bouncing around in a truck. It's like getting beat with a baseball bat yeah. <laughs> all night, basically. So, you know, same thing if you say you're a computer guy and, you know, you're at a cubicle in an office, you know, you kind of have that hunched over posture so your body is eminently adaptable it adapts to whatever stimuli that it receives over and over and over again so if it's dysfunctional movement um then that's what it becomes you know even even not even in a negative way like say people that do yoga Uh people that do yoga move a certain way they kind of hold themselves in a frame um you can sort of tell people that do yoga just by looking at them you look at football players you know you were a runner you know you move differently than a power lifter so people tend to kind of get 
um, a profile of movement is one way of explaining it that you can sort of see what they do. Like if you look at a construction worker, you know, or guys that cut down trees, everybody sort of adapts to their environment. So we all kind of started the same way. And, and the Russians have a concept which, you know, funnily enough, is called general fitness. <laughs> and, nice. you know, they everybody is trained the same. And like when you're a child or an animal, you are generally fit. You can do pretty much anything. And then if you want to learn sports-specific fitness, you learn the techniques of, you know, hitting a baseball or throwing a football or hitting a golf ball. But we all have this general fitness that we sort of get away from. So I think it's kind of fascinating that you've named your company that way. Yeah. I remember the first time I met you, it was the same thing, you know. Um, it's, it's really interesting, and uh, it shows you've got a really good grasp on basically, you know, the principles and ideas behind all of this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you're exactly correct. I do believe uh, around that same realm is that uh, we have uh, we get we get stuck in patterns, so to speak, and that uh, we have to kind of get ourselves out of those patterns by practicing as many movements as possible. Would you kind of agree with that? Oh, of course. I mean, and again, I, you know, yoga. You know, yoga is a very effective movement system. But there's, you know, and I believe there's like 21, 22 poses. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a basically. It's a piece of of what we can do. I mean, we were basically designed for limitless, infinite movement. I get it. Same with you know people that do qigong or tai chi. It's a piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So you know when you're a kid, you kind of just do everything without any kind of form or structure uh-huh. um, because you're able to. So you can actually do that as an adult if you sort of if you forget the negative patterns you've gotten yourself into. I get it. I get it. So you're saying that essentially by practicing these constant movements whether it be yoga or construction or running or whatever you're doing you just getting into these specific patterns and your body kind of adapts to those patterns and what what you try to do is help people uh almost expand those patterns or elaborate those patterns into a healthier uh set of movements is that is that what you're saying exactly i mean then look at um you know youth youth athletes right children child athletes you know you um, teenagers, if you play one sport, they tend to get these injuries. Uh-huh. Whereas if they play many sports, then they're they're using different parts of our body. Like if you think of you know the human organism, it's designed to do anything: you know, climb mountains, do parkour, climb trees, do push-ups. We're designed to do all of these things. So if you if you just did that from a young age, um, you'd, you'd be able to do anything. There's a, there's actually a guy. His name is Polly Zink. Mm-hmm. He does something that's called monkey kung fu, Whoa. and he and he's never lost that childlike plasticity. And that that dude can do stuff like it's it's amazing what how he can move, and he's just he can move any way that he wants. He's very rubbery, very plastic, and uh, it's it's quite fascinating to watch him because he actually embodies. He looks like a monkey when he moves. He even <laughs> sounds like one. It's really cool. <laughs> so he brings back that animalistic kind of movement there, or whatnot. Huh? Yeah, and that's what a lot of the Chinese martial arts are based on. You know, I believe that Tai Chi, um, somebody observed a crane fighting a snake, I think it was, and uh, oh, then wow. they based a lot of the movements on that. Oh, wow. So, like, so are you saying that a lot of the original, like, kung fu and karate and stuff are based on uh, animal movement patterns? Uh, some of them are, yeah. I mean, and some are based, you know, the, the, the Chinese and the Japanese do a lot of form-based martial arts, you know, their internal stuff, and then they kind of transcend that when they get to higher levels. So they start with more of a structured uh, attempt to, you know, 
build certain patterns or, or break certain patterns mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of them actually start when when they're quite when the guys retire, which I, I found out. You know, I didn't realize that. You know, guys are like 50, 60 years old, and they start getting into this stuff. So they 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 have to break the patterns by by starting with forms. It's pretty interesting. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so you're saying even like martial artists kind of get into those patterns too, where they need to break those patterns and uh, adapt a uh, more versatile uh, range of movement. Is what is that what you're saying? Exactly. I mean, if you look at MMA, you know the most successful guys are guys that train all different arts. You know, they Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is one thing, but there's you know st- there's some guys that are stand up. Like Chuck Liddell was a pretty much a stand up brawler, mm-hmm. and um, you know the Gracies came out with Jiu Jitsu, and you know the the best fighters are the ones that, that blend everything. Because if you look at a boxer, you know like Roy Jones Jr. was a phenomenal boxer, mm-hmm. but he he doesn't do any groundwork, so he's his body is designed to fight and you know box, whereas mm-hmm. wrestlers are designed to wrestle wrestle, and then MMA fighters kind of blend that and they're they're you know they've got an athletic spectrum of a variety of different disciplines and styles in their training okay all right well that makes that makes a lot of sense but i do have i, I kind of have a question about that so um there's a saying that says uh, what is it the uh i'm trying to remember this saying now is it had something to do with uh I remember it was like Bo Jackson was uh, was my was my uh, example as well as Deion Sanders. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was uh, something about uh, oh yeah, the jack of all trades. So what, so what do you think about that saying in relation to uh, working out? That jack of all trades, master of none. Well, exactly. I mean, if you if you think about you know every every football player pretty much trains the same. Uh-huh. You know, they have the same kind of weight training. It's kind of enforced, you know, especially at the high school and collegiate level, and I'm sure even you know NFL level, they're pretty much told what how to train on on season, how they train, how they're told to train off season. They mm-hmm. all warm up the same. They all have the same medical care, and they all have the same injuries. Okay. So why is that, right? Because they're only doing that. Mm-hmm. So you know, and same with you. If you ran, like you know, you used to be a runner, right? So if you only ran. Mm-hmm. You know, like distance runners are, are pretty, you know, wiry individuals because they're not training and, you know, they don't want extra weight, just like cyclists. Cyclists tend to have big, big quads, big mm-hmm. glutes, but a very small upper bodies. And then that leads to serious back issues because, you know, you're leaned over a, a bicycle frame, driving your legs at a tremendously high rate of speed, but your upper body is basically locked into, into this rigid frame mm-hmm. um, that you're holding. So if you... It all depends on what you're looking for, but if you want fitness for a lifetime, like a guy like Steve Maxwell is like in his 60s, he's a phenomenally gifted athlete. He was one. Of, he had one of the first um, universal gyms on the East Coast, and he's really into jiu-jitsu. He's from Philadelphia, uh-huh. and he his his philosophy for a lifetime of fitness is to move every day, to do one strength training day, and then to hit high impact uh, aerobics days. Okay. He said that will keep you and sustain you for a lifetime. Okay. That's his, of course that's his opinion. Um, but <laughs> you know, look at um, uh, what's his name? The guy that did all the uh, Herschel Walker. Like okay. Herschel Walker did all body weight stuff. He did push ups, sit ups, like thousands of them every day. Uh-huh. He was a phenomenally gifted athlete, and now in his fifties, he's fighting MMA. So <laughs> it, it just shows you, you know, what's possible. You know, what is what used to be old air quotes, isn't really old anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all how, how young 
you are, in, in my opinion, is is predominantly by movement. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I definitely agree with you. Like the more the more you can move. I mean, obviously, the demonstration and, and our uh, bio, biology is our, our children, our children, how they can move so freely and how we don't move so freely as we get older. Um, but in in reference to that 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 saying that I was uh, that I was talking about with the uh, the jack of all trades and master of none, um, I feel like with that with that saying, it almost implies that if you um, try to master a lot of things or try to do a lot of things, you end up not being great at anything. What, what would you have to say to to that uh, statement? Uh, I mean, well, you know, that phrase itself, it, to a certain degree, but but think about it, you know, so in some martial arts, like I remember Tang, Tang Sudo is a Korean martial art, and the one, the, the, the guy who developed it said, you know, you should spend a year learning how to punch, just one punch. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, which, I mean, who's got that kind of time, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, like, look at you. Like, you know, I could take you and I could put you in a deadlift competition. I could put you in a sprinting competition. I could put you in a kettlebell competition. Mm-hmm. I could put you in pull-ups. You can do anything. Now, you know, you're not the world champion pull-up guy. Yeah. But you could knock a few out, you know, and, and, and a respectable number, just like kettlebells. You, know, you can swing a kettlebell. You know, are you going to win, you know, the kettlebell, uh, you know, points on perfect form in, a, in a, an Olympic competition? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But but is that important to you, right? So, you know, you should be at it as like when you're a kid. Like when you're a kid, you climb a tree, jump a fence, you mm-hmm. know, you climb in your neighbor's shed, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you do all this stuff uh-huh. and you don't even think about it. So my, that's kind of how I feel is. You know, I don't want to. Ma- I want to master everything, but not really. Ma- like being able to do anything is mastery of everything. Uh huh. Uh huh. De- depending how you look at it, you know what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. So it doesn't. So you're saying you don't necessarily have to be the very best at everything because that's not what we're trying to do. It's just be having the ability to do uh, anything is is or, or having ability to do something of anything is better than not being able to do. Uh, anything at all i guess <laughs> exactly i mean if you're you know say for example you know you can run you know a 70 mile ultra marathon but you can't help your neighbor you know move a dresser out of his you know if the guy's moving yeah to me you know i i want to be able to do anything yeah so. you know so you know i can't i can't necessarily drop and do 100 push-ups i don't know that i'd want to yeah. but i can do a good amount and i can do all kinds of strange things that's what i find interesting i see it kind of as you know, they call it martial artist for a reason. It's an art form. So I see being a movement artist, being a fitness artist. Mm-hmm. You know, like when, when I, you know, train with you, you know, it's it's interesting to see the, what you come up with, with, you know, TRX or with, with kettlebells or balls. I mean, everything that you do, it's an art form. You know, it's your personal expression of, of movement and strength and fitness, which I, I think is fascinating. And I think that so many people get caught into, you know, oh, I have to have perfect form. I have to look like the guy on the video or I have to train a certain way. I mean, CrossFit's like that. They kind of make everybody train the same. And even yoga's like that. But, you know, my body is not shaped like your body. I can't do the things that you can do exactly the way that you can do them. I see. Or should I really have to? I see what you're saying. That makes sense. So it's almost like it's it's almost like trying to have a well more well-rounded kind of uh, – uh, regimen rather than trying to be a great 
great at one specific thing and not being able to do anything else. It makes a lot of sense. All right, so let's let's go back a little bit more. We're kind of late in the podcast to be doing this, I suppose. But, you know, it's my podcast, so I can do what I want. But (laughs) let's get your origin story. Let's get your, like, your 90-second origin story. How did you become – how did you go from truck driver slash – uh, slash uh, police officer to uh, what you are now in the uh, martial arts specialist and uh, the teachment of movement? Uh, basically, I, I got into um, Russian martial arts back in 2010. I had some health issues. Um, I had my high blood pressure. My doctor, was a, he was a martial artist himself, actually, and he said, you know, go do something because otherwise you won't be able to. So I got into the Russian martial arts, and there was kind of a healing movement strengthening system as part of it which i found quite interesting and you know the punchy stuff is fun but i really enjoy how to move and how to help people you know overcome injuries so i just started doing that and learning more and more body weight and you know strength healing um exercises and techniques i went to russia and trained with uh, some guys over there in martial arts and fitness and we were throwing knives and throwing kettlebells. Oh wow! Really around around the yard. It was pretty cool. <laughs> so um, yeah, and I just you know I learn from everybody I meet, and I just just kind of just do stuff, and I see what works and what resonates, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I try to have fun because that's why I say like, why does it have to be called a workout? Why can't it be play? Like when I was a kid, I just played. I did whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to go and to, you know go somewhere for for an hour as a workout. To me, it's just. It doesn't interest me. I try to do stuff all the time mm-hmm. whenever I have the opportunity. So your whole life is a workout, more or less. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I work with uh, you know big people that make me look like I'm their little brother. So I'm picking up heavy dudes all day and moving them around, and same oh. with horses and stuff like that. So I'm just kind of built to pick up heavy stuff and move it around, but I can also <laughs> move well. So I'm kind of happy about that. There you go. Yeah, most people that are built to pick up heavy stuff don't really move so well. No, <laughs> that's true. Hey, so uh, that's that's really interesting. I'm like, it's pretty interesting to hear that uh, how you got into it. It's more or less you just it was more of a uh, personal setbacks in your own in your own life, and you wanted to figure out some ways to heal uh, the way you were moving. I, I suppose, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, you know, I used to bang weights in the '80s, you know, all Olympic stuff, and I broke my back skiing and my leg at the same time uh, when I was in eighth grade, and I just found that I had a bunch of just a collection of stuff that was affecting me and bothering me and um you know i thought well i, I want to live my the rest of my life happy and healthy so i found ways to move all that and get it out and strengthen it and uh it's worked pretty well so far yeah it sounds like it so what would you say is your is your be- your favorite type of movement or favorite type of healing practice for clients um, I mean, the, the thing with healing is the same thing. It's about movement. So, you know, the body work I do, it's about getting movement in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the Russian ground movement. I just like to move as much as I can. And if I incorporate implements, you know, whether it's a basketball or basically anything, I just grab whatever I can. And, you know, it's every it's like you are the gym in the body, work, body weight realm. But also I just... Whatever is in my environment, I've done push-ups on bricks and water bottles and, you know, rolled up trash bags, like whatever, anything I can find <laughs> that can support me. And I try to find stability and instability and then move around that. Okay, okay. So um, so you would say that uh, proprioception, I actually just did a video on Instagram that I'll be posting up relatively soon about uh, proprioception and unilateral exercising. Uh, what, what would you have to say uh, to that extent? 
Well, proprioception is basically how you exist in time and space and how you move. So your proprioceptive system is is all tactile. So it's it's very important, and that's like you know, little kids, same thing. They move all over the place. Same with puppies; are always moving and exploring their environment. So the more it's it's real simple. It's like a fortune cookie moment. Mm-hmm. The more you move, the more you can move. So you you're working your proprioceptive system, your vestibular system, uh, vestibular system, which is you know how you balance. Mm-hmm. So if you do, you know, I, I like BOSU balls a lot. I like a lot of unstable movement because, you know, if you walk in hard shoes on flat surfaces all the time, mm-hmm. your body doesn't even know where it, where it is anymore. And that's why you see a lot of people that they, when they get older, they can't even walk. Mm-hmm. They, their body doesn't know where it is. Okay. So what would you say would be the, uh, for most of your clients or just people in general, since you've, uh, you've had quite a bit of experience with uh, lots of populations, what would you say is the thing that is, uh, affects people, uh, for the most part? What, what, what is the, uh, what holds most people back from moving, uh, freely besides obviously the fact that they don't practice it? Uh, the biggest thing is fear. I mean, especially in older people, you know, they don't feel confident in their movement anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it becomes a challenge even, just people in general, you know, we 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 are distracted. You know, people are texting all the time; they're not paying attention, so they're not aware of their own bodies, and they get less and less movement as they get older. Their spines don't move anymore; their shoulder joints don't move anymore, and it just boxes their world in. Oh wow, wow! So hold on, oh, we're talking about fear here. So, so you feel like fear because that's I think that's actually a lot of what we talked about in our last episode that we 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 chatted. So you think uh, so? Fear is a is a big factor, and uh, I was actually talking about that the other day with uh, one of my clients. We're talking about fear and how they're afraid to uh, conquer some things in their in their personal life. And I was uh, relating it to uh, movements in, in the gym. So it's kind of interesting that you bring that up. So it's almost like we're we're therapists in a way, and how we help our our clients is with through uh, exposure therapy, helping exposing them to movements and making them understand that those movements are safe. Well, of course. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you've got some uh, some experience in the psychology realm. So yeah, you're you know you are you're helping people to overcome movement issues. Basically, everything that you've experienced in your life, positive and negatively, is stored in your body somewhere. And there's different body parts that hold different emotions, like, you know, hips are frustration, mm-hmm. knees are fear. So if you're doing a squat on a BOSU ball, you're going through frustration, you're going through fear, people get very upset, and they feel very unstable. Mm-hmm. And if you help them to overcome that, you burn those negative emotions out of them. And, and what do people, most people do? They oh, 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 I don't. I don't have a good sense of balance. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you get a good sense of balance? You do exercises that help <laughs> you to balance. You expose so, yourself to them, right? So you are actually helping people through, you know, fear of failure, fear of looking bad. You know, some people don't want to go to the gym. They may think that they're the wrong shape or the wrong size. Um, you know, they're afraid of looking bad. I mean, how many people have you trained? And they're like, oh, am I doing it okay? Do it, does this look right? Mm-hmm. And for me, I see it more of a, as an exploration. So nothing you do is wrong, mm-hmm. unless, of course, you do something really wrong. You know, yeah, unless you hurt yourself. You know, <laughs> nothing dangerous. But, you know, if you can't be wrong when you're exploring something. Like if I, if I had you paint a picture for me, then I just, just do whatever comes to you. And you just scribbled on the canvas. Well, that's your expression. You know, mm-hmm. it's not wrong. It's just what, came, what you decided to do, what came out of you. So mm-hmm. I kind of see exercise like that, too. I want to see what people can do 
because so many people are told by their doctor or other people what they can't do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to see. I want to see what you can do. Like, show me what you can do, and then we'll celebrate that, and then we'll move on and help you to do more and more and more. Uh, so, so you say like when you have a tip, or when you have a client that comes in, you're not so con- so so concerned. Yeah, let me try to understand how you how you're training. So you're not so concerned about what your client can't do. You're just trying to have your client do as much as they can, and then you just kind of you work from there and build on those strengths. Exactly, because you know my my biggest my first goal is to get them moving. Because mm-hmm. if you add weight to dysfunctional movement, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, for sure. And it also depends, you know, what are their goals? You know, when you work with a, fo- a football player, is different than a baseball player, or a soccer player, or a woman in her seventies, or you know. Everybody's looking for something different. Yeah. So I try to meet them where they are, and then you know expose them to to more, and try to take them to the limit of what they can tolerate. Sometimes a little bit more to push them to transform, but it's always supported. It's not you know there's no negative encouragement. You know I was in the military. I'm not yelling at anybody like you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I just want to see what they can do. And, you know, people really shine in that environment because then they, they see that they can create whatever they want. It's, it's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, so it's almost like positive reinforcement rather than negative reinforcement and yelling at people. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, you could yell at me all day, but, you know, I've been yelled at a lot in my life, you know, so. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It doesn't phase you, but it might phase someone else so that might not be so yeah, used to that, right? Exactly. I mean, it's like even with, you know, doing massage or body work, you know, if, if you know, some people say, oh, they want it really deep and really hard, but... Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like kicking a turtle in the head. You know, if you have an injured part and you really affect it negatively or harshly, uh-huh. it's gonna it's gonna drive it inside. Same with you know, if you had someone come to your gym and you start yelling at them, yeah, you know, you don't know what kind of past they have and what kind of you know things they're dealing with, then you might just they'll never come back and they'll never go to a gym again. Yeah, that's true. For for the record, uh, trainers, if if there's any personal trainers listening to this, do not yell at your clients. <laughs> no, that is not a good look. <laughs> no, it just shows you're out of control. I mean, you know, you should be able to to effectively challenge people in a positive way instead mm-hmm. of you know saying negative stuff to them. So. I agree with that. So that kind of goes along the lines of uh, what my next podcast episode is going to be about. I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, the upper limits of training, and we're going to be talking a little bit about um, rhabdomyolysis. I believe that's how you pronounce it, rhabdomyolysis or myloses or whatnot. Yep, yep, that's it. Yeah, so uh, what what do you have to say about that? Have you ever had a, come across a client that had that experience with maybe from another trainer or maybe, maybe you might have pushed somebody hard enough where they might have had that experience? Have you had an experience with that um, at all? I have not personally experienced it. I mean, I tra- I worked on a lot of CrossFitters, so I've, I've heard of, you know, there was people, you know, at a competition that had gotten it. I mean, to me, you know, the Russians say, if you train to failure, you train yourself to fail. So if you're training to the point that you're vomiting and, mm-hmm. you know, you're passing out, to me it's ridiculous because if you train with me, you can get – that you can start your day and go on from there. You know, it's it's a whole different – it's a way of building you up, not breaking you down. Mm, okay, so it's so you're definitely of the 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 realm of a more positive movement and positive more positive reinforcement in your training rather than beating your body up and trying to let your body recover and beating it up again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about it. You know, you're trying to build your strength. I don't build my strength by destroying it. I mean, if if you want to build like the Eiffel Tower, so if you know if the thing stood for you know hundreds of years, so that's like saying you know you have to break it all down to build it up again. It makes no sense to me. You know, why would you want to break anything 
because your body senses that. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's if it feels weak and if it's exhausted, it guards it. Well, why would it want to go back and do that again? Mm, yeah, it almost guards it, and it, it almost makes it harder to get back into there. Of course. Hmm. That is very interesting. Yeah, and this is an interesting perspective. I always definitely, I always uh, was in the realm uh, as as you are of you know, positive psychology and positive movement, and you know, encouraging people to um, to move. But I always try to understand, you know, because obviously people, the negative reinforcement and a negative type of training has existed for a while. So I always try to understand maybe how those people uh, exist in the world and what their perspective is and what they feel as the benefits are, and that. But uh, you obviously are, <laughs> you definitely don't agree with the negative reinforcement, so you're not the person to ask, but I, I appreciate the fact that you are uh, of the, um, the positive camp and you uh, like to encourage people to do more rather than discourage people uh, from what they can't do. So that's that's really cool. Well, I mean, that's the football and, and the military mentality. You know, oh, if you know, I'm going to try to you know get you angry at yourself or at me to push you to make yourself push yourself further. Uh-huh. But but the thing is, if if your body just cannot do it, mm-hmm. then you know it doesn't matter what you try to do. And if you know if you Google on YouTube, you know, look at all the gym fails of the people who are lifting stuff that they're not really designed to lift. I mean, you can destroy your body or even you could either die or suffer you know serious permanent injury and that's to me that's just silly yeah i agree yeah i shouldn't yeah yeah there's a there's a definitely an upper limit of where you should be pushing yourself so there's definitely you, you you should push yourself so you shouldn't you shouldn't be going around not not pushing yourself and sitting on the couch all day but you'd also not push yourself so much where you're gonna die <laughs> right and you know and you may have a workout that really kind of gets you to the upper limit like you were talking about uh-huh well, that's fine, but you know, it shouldn't be every one. I mean, you know, you you could do a you know light one, a heavy one. You know, if you vary your training, I mean, P ninety X was very famous with that. Was you know their 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 philosophy of muscle confusion. So <laughs> yeah. it's kind of the same thing. You're always doing something different, mm-hmm. and you know, the people that were in the control group of that had a, real, a lot of success with that program. So okay, hey, so muscle confusion that is something that i think i've i've talked about a couple times um not in depth but it'd be nice to hear your opinion on this uh muscle confusion because in my opinion uh muscle confusion kind of doesn't exist but um at least not on the level that they that they explain it in how, how would you explain muscle confusion to the everyday lay person well i would say you know they're they're exactly kind of what you're saying like their definition is different they feel that if you work something different all the time then your body's always adapting so mm-hmm. that's I think how they're defining it. So I would kind of look at it the same way as general fitness. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's. I mean, muscle confusion sounds like a cool buzzword that nobody ever had before, <laughs> which is probably why they came up with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's just you know, if you separate the word for cross training, it's it's the same thing really. Okay, You're just training the the global body in you know like you know if you like you know people go to the gym they do arms and legs well your body doesn't operate like that you know if a dog's chasing you you're not worried about you know you're worried about getting away from the dog you're not worried about <laughs> leg day or arm day you know <laughs> true and uh you know it's when you isolate the body to me you weaken it because your body works as a unit it doesn't work separately okay um and a lot of the olympic movements you know which again are you know good for for what they're designed for but they're not going to make you mobile and strong in every degree of your movement I mean, if you look at, like, Cirque du Soleil performers, you know, acrobats, gymnasts, they're phenomenally strong. Mm -hmm. They're strong in every plane of movement. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, that, and even, of course, they have specific training. So I would, you know, I would say muscle muscle confusion is just, in a pure form, 
is just training differently all the time and it's being able to do anything at any time. That's my definition of it. Whereas, you know, there might be a little different. Okay. Well, I, I want you to kind of expand on that a little bit. You touched on something that I, that I found kind of interesting. So you were talking about bodybuilders and how they do uh, leg day and arm day, and you say that you feel like that is uh, that weakens the body. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Well, if you think about it, you know, what are they trying to do? Like a bodybuilder is trying to get each muscle group to its mass to its maximum size and maximum definition. Uh, absolutely. So they're trying they're trying to create like a sculpture of muscle. Yeah. Which in their competition, that's what they're going for. But, you know, a lot of those guys, they don't have very good movement. They don't have mobility. Their, mm. their bodies are become damaged. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, not all of them, of course. There was Tom Platts, who was, you know, in the Arnold era. He had the biggest size of anybody in bodybuilding, and he could literally lay right back with his legs underneath him. And the guy was phenomenally Whoa. flexible. I can't so, you know, so again, you know, I don't, even Arnold said, you know, the size of his um, quads inhibited the way he ran. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he could run, but he couldn't really run, so he's not going to be able to play soccer. Mm. So that's the other thing is, what what are you trying to do? You know, a strong man, he just needs a big, blocky, bulky body to lift heavy things, but he's not very mobile. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's not going for aesthetics, he just wants to pick up heavy things and put them down. Yeah. So, you know, same with a gymnast. If you're built like a power lifter, you can't do gymnastics because you, know, you tear your arms out because you're not flexible. Mm-hmm. So that's the you know that's the thing. So it's not to denigrate any you know to me anything that gets you off the couch. God bless you. I mean, even people that do CrossFit, you know, I feel it's damaging, but some people love it. They do it, and you know that's great if that's what they resonate with. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all different. That's why people drive Chevys and Fords and Toyotas. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, for me, if, if you're saying, you know, how do you want to be fit for your entire life, then, you know, you want to have a body that's flexible and mobile and that, you know, everything moves. Uh, yeah. So you're thinking, so you, it almost sounds like your definition of strong is not necessarily how big your muscles are, but how much you can move. Well, of course. I mean, strength to me is being able to move any and flexibility of movement and thought because, you know, you don't have, oh, I can't move my arm this way. Wow, I can't do that. So... You know, if you look at a martial arts or even like soldiers in combat, like they got to be able to move and fight and sustain combat operations for a very long time. You don't get to choose how long you're out there. So if you're if you're just big, it's not going to do much for you. Like Navy SEALs are kind of most of them are built like marathon runners. You know, they're they're shorter guys, like five six, and they can just go and go and go. They just don't give up. Mm. Now, of course, there are some guys that are bigger, but but usually the real big muscly guys. Their body, they just can't sustain, you know, the kind of training those guys have. So, you know, if that's what you're looking for, then that's the body type you want. So, you know, everybody has their own idea of what fitness is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's so many different fitness programs out there that you can, everybody can do whatever they want. But, you know, to me, to lift until parts of your body fall off or break, like happens in strongman a lot, to me, it's silly. But I understand why those guys do it, mm-hmm. but I just wouldn't do it myself. I, I I see what you're saying. So you're not knocking anybody. You're just saying that you know, for you for you personally that uh, you believe that strength is uh, um, strength of uh, flexibility through ranges of motion as well as being strong in the mind and thought. Right. Like I feel you should be able to pick up heavy stuff, but you should also be able to move. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good definition of strength to me. <laughs> right, right. Believing you're strong and actually being strong, and uh, at least able to move in uh, almost all ranges of motion, if not all ranges of motion. 
Exactly. Yeah, that sounds like a good one, man. Hey, man, I think we got a we got a good podcast episode here, buddy. We got to put it up on iTunes, and we'll uh, see how it goes. So uh, before we get out of here, though, hey, Dave, let's find out how, how we can get to you. How can people learn more about you? Um, my website is uh, TotalPerformanceBodyWork.com. Um, that shows some of what I do and uh, has my contact information. Oh, perfect. So TotalPerformanceBodyWork.com, and that's all one thing. All right, cool. All right, so question. Do you have any questions or for anybody out there that, like, you know, or maybe in the field that might hey, give you a better idea of, like, of what's going on in the, in the world? It doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily have to be one that we'll answer today, but just maybe something that people, a question or statement that people can think about for the closing of this episode. Well, the, the best thing I could you know, say is think about how do you want to move for the rest of your life? Like, you know, I just turned 51, so... How do I want to move at 61, 71, and 81? I better start thinking about it now. You know, if you're in your 20s and 30s, you better start thinking about how you're going to want to move when you're in your 40s and 50s because so many people are getting joint replacements and all kinds of surgeries that really, once you start cutting the body, it it, it doesn't usually go well. So yeah. that's the biggest thing is how do you want to live your life? How you train is how your life will you kind of train for life. That's kind of the best way to explain it. Mm, I like it. So how are you training for life? All right, Dave Riemann, I really appreciate you being on the line and uh, being a part of this uh, episode 127, technically episode, I think, 21 of the General Fitness Company cast. Uh, if you're out there listening, I really appreciate you listening. Thank you again, Dave, for being a part of this. And as always, keep good company. You know, I really do appreciate you listening to the podcast. You know, I do my best to bring you the absolute most value every time I push that red record button. But hey, did you know I also have a daily email? Yeah, that's right. Every Monday through Friday is a different theme. Mondays are Motivational Monday. Uh, Thursdays are Thoughtful Thursday where we talk about mindfulness and uh, the meditation space. And every other day obviously has its own theme. Yeah, but that's not all I'm bringing you. You know, uh, by signing up and being a part of this uh, daily email, you can also get free swag like t-shirts. Uh, you can get daily discounts and deals that you wouldn't get online. As well as you can get entered in the contest we can win things like uh, unlimited personal training or group training with me. Yeah, I just, we just gave that away. That was pretty cool. So you can do all that by signing up online, generalfitnesscompany.com. You'll see the link for subscribing to our daily email. I guarantee you that will be one of the best decisions you ever made besides obviously listening to this podcast <laughs> anyways you know uh, whenever you're listening to this podcast whether it's early monday morning or late sunday night at the stroke before midnight i hope you're having a good one and as always keep good company